Good morning, all you lovely members. This is the Marcus Today Members Podcast on Thursday, 21st of the 12th. One more trading day to Christmas. Five more trading days this year. At this point, the market's up 7% for the year, but the whole thing has been rescued by the 11.5% rally we've had in the last two months. I think if there was a post-it note you could have had on your trading screen that would have saved you a lot of angst this year, it would have been, don't bother with the equity market until the 2nd of November. Another one would have been, avoid lithium. Another one would have been, buy gold, buy uranium. Another one would have been, surprisingly, buy Bitcoin. Can you believe it? the top performing ETF this year, you couldn't have paid me to buy it, was the BetterShares Crypto ETF up 201.8% CRYP. At least we were on to the second best one, which was Elnas, not Linus, Elnas. That was up 119% and Fang up 97%. So at least we were in the mix there, although we didn't catch the crypto-related ETF. I'll cover this tomorrow in the last email of the year before Christmas. But what you really needed to know this year was that big tech would recover in the US and the Nasdaq was up 43%. Having dropped 33% last year, that was possibly the easiest trade of the year and thanks to ETFs we could take advantage of that and we did to some extent this year. But it's an interesting thought isn't it? All you need to know is one little thing that would make the whole year so easy and profitable and all it was was buy the Nasdaq. Right bit of a weird night overnight as doubtless you've caught up on already. Dow Jones down 476%, Nasdaq down 1.5%, S&P 500 down as good as 1.5% and there was no obvious catalyst for it. It just started suddenly. Market was behaving itself until about two o'clock and then between two o'clock and four o'clock the Dow Jones lost almost 600 points. I wrote an article a while back, I should probably republish it, about the 1987 crash and how we saw the selling start and it just started with one broker in our office. He was actually quite a junior guy, just started writing a heck of a lot of red sales tickets, red for selling, blue for buying, and they were hand done in those days, no internet, PCs were embryonic. And we were writing everything out by hand and he just started writing red ticket after red ticket after red ticket because one of his clients was selling. He wrote so much business on the first morning that we all went out to lunch to celebrate. I think we went to the Mithras bar and drank pints of Pims. And then we came back to the office in the afternoon and the selling resumed. The same guy, red ticket after red ticket, big tickets as well. And we all went out that evening and drank more pints of Pims and celebrated again. And then the next morning when we came in, he was off again. And it was at that point that the partners, the partners, by the way, sat on a plinth. They were about a foot higher than everyone else in the dealing desk. And there were five of them in a row. And suddenly they started to get concerned and they rang the fund manager that had been handing out all these tickets to this guy 
to see if it was legitimate, and it was, and they suddenly realized that this massive US-based institution was flogging English equities hand over fist. They rang some of the other brokers and said, are you seeing the same thing? The other brokers said yes, and then the whole thing turned a little bit serious. And I think probably the first thing they did in those days, this is pre-compliance, first thing they did in those days was sell all their own shares, sell all their family shares, tell all their mates to sell all their shares, and then got on to their clients and started telling them what was going on and that they probably needed to get ahead of it, and the market cascaded after that. And the lesson from that is that when you have a market that cracks. It's no good analyzing if it was a dam. There's no good analyzing the first drop that pours over the dam, which is probably what everyone would be doing if they were trying to analyze a crash is why did it start is what they'll ask. And the truth of the matter is it doesn't start because of one thing. It starts because the market rises rapidly over a period of time, a long period of time, usually puts a lot of pressure on. And eventually some fund manager somewhere sits in an asset allocation meeting and goes, that's enough. Let's flog something. And if someone like Fidelity in the US sits in there ivory tower in an asset allocation meeting and decides, okay, let's switch 5% of equities into bonds. It has a seismic impact on all the equity markets as the billions of dollars get pulled out and everybody else cascades in in behind. And with the history that the market has performed extremely well, it's easy to persuade people to take profits. So this is a short-term thing in our market. We have come up 11.5% in 35 days. Let's just see what the NASDAQ's done. The NASDAQ's come up 20.1% in 35 days, hit an all-time high, and then dropped 1.5%. So a sobering moment was coming because if the NASDAQ did that every 35 days... It would go up 145% in a year, and our market at this rate would be going up about 80% in a year, which, although it has happened before in the past, is unlikely. So at some point, we have to sober up. As I say, you've got to stand and watch the herd, not join the herd, and any herd watcher will tell you the herd pulled up last night. Now, the interesting thing about it was all the news was good. There was a good consumer confidence number in the US. UK inflation fell much further than expected. Bond yields dropped quite significantly. There was no macro reason for the selling. It just looks like some fund manager somewhere decided to sell. One of the excuses, which is quite a positive really, is that there were a bunch of options that were exited and that may be a technical thing as they come into expiry. So this whole thing could be just a one afternoon wonder, but there's absolutely no doubt the sell-off will prompt other people to take profits and I wouldn't put anybody off taking a profit. Running into Christmas, Christmas is a time for family, not a time for hanging it out in the stock market, even if the market is trending up. So I wouldn't blame anyone on a shorter term time frame to be taking a profit. And we've done that in the ideas portfolio today. I think it's also nice to try and clean up ahead of Christmas. So we've sold GQG, which is that fund manager that took off when Petrol was bid for. And on the on selling on the opening price today, we are up 9% on that. LNAS, I'm sorry to all the LNAS fans. I'm sure the Nasdaq will carry on endlessly, but we've sold that as well. It's a bit tricky watching the Nasdaq or the LNAS geared Nasdaq ETF. 
So we got out without making a loss. And Qantas we've sold as well up 8%. And that just seems to be peaking out technically. And also the oil price going up generally a bit of a negative for Qantas. So that we're very happy. We're still holding Telstra CBA, still holding a couple of small cap ETFs, still holding Goodman Group and still holding Woodside. All this tension in the Red Sea is keeping the oil price going. So we'll just hold on to Woodside for the moment. Share price only down a touch today anyway. So taking a few profits in the ideas portfolio and passing in the message that if you're sitting on a profit on something volatile, you don't have to watch over Christmas. Well, why not? We'll see what happens tonight. Obviously, it could all straighten up, but the herd's definitely paused, although there is no macro reason for it, and that's going to prompt a bit of selling. Having said that, the futures this morning were down 75, 73, and our market today, having been down 51, has recovered. It's only down 27. So the damage in our market is minimal, and the Dow futures are up 65, and the Nasdaq futures are up 46. So it may well be we've seen one afternoon of possibly derivative-related selling which has spooked an overbought market, but it may carry through. None of the share price movements today and the big stuff is particularly worrying at all. Notably, the tech sector is one of the worst performers today, but it's only down 1% or so. So really quite a benign sell-off. We'll see if it continues. We've taken a couple of profits. Absolutely no reason for us to do any selling in the strategy portfolio. And we're not going to be selling Macquarie or BHP in the one-stock portfolios on the back of one bad night. We'll see if it develops. Otherwise, I'm looking through the stories today and they are few and far between, has to be said. One thing we're also doing is in our growth portfolio, we're finally selling Pilbara Minerals. It got itself oversold there, has had a bounce and now it's coming off again. Two brokers, I think City has downgraded to a sell this week. Macquarie's downgraded as well. And we can always get stuck back into lithium if the theme resurrects itself but at the moment, the lithium price is doing nothing. So that's about it, really. The macro backdrop still good. Inflation coming down. We've got a US inflation number on Friday night. Inflation coming down in the UK nicely. Bond yields still dropping. We've still seen the peak on bond yields. That story hasn't changed. We've got an ANZ AGM today. ANZ's up one cent on the back of that today. So not having an impact. I'll just point out this year that the bank sector, against a market that's been up 7.1% so far, the bank sector has been up 5.2%, the resources sector up 5.9%, pretty benign stuff, but sensible stuff, and all of that has come in the last 35 days. But within that, I would just point out, as usual, the CBA has led the other banks been up 8.2%, and we've caught a nice trade in that in the ideas portfolio. Westpac down 2% this year so far. NAB up 1.6%. ANZ's done better, up 9%. Two more newsletters. I will be doing a Saturday newsletter. It'll be my and Henry's last one of the year. We'll be back after the second week in January. We'll be on Marcus Light until then, which means a morning and an evening email, which will cover the overnight markets and cover what happens in the Australian market during the day. If anything dramatic happens that requires us to do something in the strategy portfolio or the one-stock portfolios or the ideas portfolio, Henry and I will jump on all the small cap portfolio. Henry and I will jump on. 2023 has been rescued by November and December. Thank goodness for that. I have to say, 
I am hoping, as we all do, it's not a prediction, it's a hope. I am hoping that this recent rally, very strong, solid two-month rally, clearly a lot of money has moved into equities in the last two months on the back of this peak rates narrative from the Fed. I am hopeful that this has kicked off a general bull market and we are positioned for that fully invested in the ideas portfolio and the one stock portfolios and our other growth and income portfolios hoping for a bull market of course i think what will probably happen next year is that at some point chat gpt will achieve consciousness and destroy the world so it's all in vain anyway you have a fabulous day i will be back tomorrow Oh, 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 oh,